that tomorrow you're going to go back to work and you're going to be pretty motivated. And that's probably going to carry through the weekend. And next week you'll be pretty motivated as well. You'll go off and make a few extra calls. You'll get organized. You'll set some goals. You'll do your to-do list. You'll do more prospecting than you've done. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, you'll start slowing up again. And then Thursday and Friday, you'll slowly get back to normal because we all have a baseline. And then in two weeks' time, today is like pretty forgotten. I'm not saying it's going to happen this time, but I want to ask you, has that happened before in a training session and do you think that happens in training? Please, hands up. Okay. Well, let me tell you, it happens in all industries. It happens in media. It happens in all organizations that do training. And the reason why is this. Get ready for it. Change is hard. Change is damn hard. And if it was easy, we wouldn't have health issues, obesity. We wouldn't have people earning $59,000. That change is damn hard. And the reality is that three or four weeks after the event, life is back to normal, square one, to your baseline productivity level. That's a fact. And I'm going to share with you two techniques. They're game changers. They're massive changes in your life if you nail them. They are evidence-based from social psychologists that have studied successful changes. They've taken people that have had weight problems. They've taken people that have struggled in sales and turned their lives around. They have studied drug addicts, people that were addicted to heroin for 10 years. And the facts in heroin is not good. In fact, the facts show that if you are a chronic user of heroin, chances are you will never get off it. Yet in the research done in the book Change Anything, where they studied heroin addicts over 20 years throughout the whole world, this is what they learnt. The small percentage, and it's only very small, that got off heroin, the small percentage, had one, one critical behaviour. Here it is. They changed their reference group. Instead of waking up in a house with other junkies at midday trying to round up their coins and dollars to score, they started waking up in houses where normal people woke up at normal times and had normal lives. And what happened is that they started to act and behave like those people because those people became what normal is, what tolerated normal is. In fact, the research went even further. It studied all these heroin addicts that went to the Vietnam War. They all got addicted to opium. And when they came back, within one to two weeks, these people who'd gone back to their homes with their wives, their children and their parents, they went back to normal lives. They stopped heroin in one week because of their reference group. Yet someone that gets released out of jail today that goes back to their old crowd will be using tonight and will be a junkie again in the next week. 
So why do I share this story? Because in real estate and in business, the reference group, the people that you habitually give your mind to will shape what's normal to you. So if you're sitting at the back of the office, smoking cigarettes, talking to another salesman, saying how hard it is at the moment, guess what? That becomes your norm. That becomes your reality. On the other hand, if you've got a reference group of people that are writing four, or $500,000 a year and you're comparing yourself to them, that's your reference group. So I'm going to tell you the people that you hang out highly influences your life. And one of the things that happens is as you move up the ladder on your pathway to success, to become a seven-figure agent, you'll notice that you're going to have less friends because you'll spend less time with people because you'll be busy doing more meaningful things. You'll probably be drinking less and you'll probably be exercising more and you'll be more focused on your work and you'll be busier and you will have to let go of some friends. And I look, I've got, two, I've got social friends and I've got work friends. And some of my social friends, they think, you know, I'm crazy. They say, mate, you're traveling so much. You're working 60, 70 hours there at news. You're running your auction business. You're doing the TV show. You're doing the speaking. You're crazy, mate. What are you trying to do? Um, you, they just think I'm nuts. But you know what? I don't take it. I don't feel bad about what they're saying because it's nuts in their eyes. It doesn't make sense in their eyes. So if they don't think I can achieve something, what they're really saying is they can't achieve it in their eyes. So I don't feel bad or I don't have a bad feeling towards them. It's just that we're different. And I'm going to urge you to be very, very careful about the people you have around you in your life because they can be um, the worst viruses. See, viruses like um, flus, you can feel those and you know you've got them. Coughing, lethargic. But mind viruses, mind viruses, they're invisible. They're the things that people say that um, pull you down, not build you up. And I've got to tell you, as you move and grow and move to a seven-figure agent, you need people supporting you. You need like-minded people to help you grow. The next thing we learnt about change apart from reference group, is your environment. Your environment highly influences your behavior, highly influences your behavior. You see, I love red wine. And on a Friday, I like to have a few glasses of red after work. Six o'clock, 6.30, at the winery at Surrey Hills near my office, have a few drinks. End of the week, it's the end of the week for most of the people I work with, but Saturdays is auction day, so it's not my end of the week. My end of the week Saturday afternoon, but I'll have two or three glasses of red. I'll enjoy it. Someone will say, Tom, another drink? Yeah, why not? There we go, it's 7.30, 8 o'clock. I think to myself, okay, I better go to the toilet. <laughs> go to the toilet. While I'm in there, check my phone. Well, hello, seven missed calls from the one person. I wonder who that is. We'll be face to face soon. 
I've got a car outside. How am I going to get this car home? I am probably not the best person to be moving this instrument tonight. I've got my first auction at nine o'clock. Oh, this is looking pretty shit now. But you know what? At 6.30 after two glasses of red, I don't have much willpower. So what I do is, I play games with the environment. So on Friday morning, when I'm dropping Maddie off to school, and I know that she's got gymnastics that night, before I've had my two glasses of red wine, before I don't need any willpower, I'll say, Maddie, tonight I'll be picking you up at 6.30. You tell Alana's mum not to wait for you to go. I'm picking you up. You promise, Daddy? Yep, I promise. And in fact, I'll have a Smiggles present for you as well because I've been away all week and I'll have a Smiggles present. So let's fast forward. It's Friday night. I've had two glasses of red. Mark goes to the bar. Tom, another glass of red. I've got no choice. I have to create an environment, a structure where I don't need willpower. What happens now is I've got an eight-year-old kid waiting in the dark at a gymnastic hall waiting on her own. So I set my environment. Basically what I'm saying, guys, if you don't want to slip, don't hang around slippery spots. More or less. It's not complicated. Someone said to me, oh, Tom, I've got a problem. I just, you know, I want to lose a few kilos, but I just pig out on chocolate. At night, at night, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I just pig out. I just go to the fridge. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I said, start number one, don't have it in the fridge. <laughs> Create environments. Guys, I'm going to share with you a set of transforming rituals that are going to change your life. These are the premises of what I do with people I work with in Sydney. Here they are. Number one, I want you to join the 5am club. It's a great club to be part of. You wake up at five o'clock in the morning, you're pumped, you're energised. It is the hour of power. You've got quietness, you can train. You've got time to read positive books. Why is that important? Because the hand that picks up a book is never the same hand that puts it back down. Never the same hand that puts it back down. Next thing is 10 before 10. Start talking to 10 people before 10 a.m. every day. A great ritual. Next, Saturday afternoon callbacks. Critical behaviour. Why? People are making decisions on Saturdays. They see a house. They put an offer in. They've got to get their house on the market. You can intercept them instead of calling them on Mondays. Matt Lancashire, Ray White in Paddington, writes a million dollars a year. Swears by it. Saturday afternoon callbacks. Next thing is Twitter YouTube boosters. Listen, you can have Arik, you can have Rewa at your home every morning. It's called Google, it's called YouTube. Sit there on your iPad, having breakfast, you've got free seminars every day. Because generally, the way you start your day is how your day unfolds. And let me share you one other thing. You know, if things are hard, things are tough, generally things get better when you get better. That's what happens. Audio books. I think it's fantastic. You get your iPhone, you plug in three audio books. Your car's a university on wheels. Three books. That's 150 books a year if you listen to three a week. Fantastic. You don't know what chapter in a book's going to change your life. You don't know what sentence in a book's going to change your life. And I've got to tell you, I don't know where I read it, but one day I was sitting there and I opened up a book 
and there was a line. It said, you know what you know, but do you do what you know? And that line resonated with me. You know what you know, but do you do what you know? Daily exercise. I love it. It gives you energy. If pharmaceutical companies could get exercise, put it in a bottle, they would make millions. It's fantastic. It feels, makes you feel alive, helps you sleep better, gets rid of stress. It is just a no-brainer. There is no downside. It's all upside. Just do it. Just do it. Yoga. I do it two or three times a week. I'm very quiet. I go there. I sit there by myself. I still don't talk to them all. To me, they all like weirdos. Every one of them. <laughs> right? But I love, I love stretching and I love, I love the meditation. Why? Because silence and awareness and stillness gets rid of the head noise. With better awareness, you'll make a better decision. A better decision, you'll take better action. Better action, you get better results. On the one hand, it sounds fuzzy. But on the other hand, it's very linear. With better awareness, you'll make a better decision. A better decision, you'll take better action. Better action, you get better results. By the way, if you're struggling to take this whole presentation down, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on my uh, website under free tools. This whole prezzo will be up there. If you subscribe, you'll just have the whole presentation. Make it nice and easy for you. There it is there. So I'm going to finish off in a moment. But um, I'm 45. I'm married. I've got two kids, and um, about six years ago, um, something happened in my life, which was a major event. But it came all of a sudden, because what happened is, We were, I was about 35, 36, and my wife wanted to have a baby, and we'd been trying for two years and it wouldn't happen. And part of the problem was the traveling, because if you work it out, like, think about it, science here, right? Conceiving kids is not a spectator sport, right? <laughs> so the issue was the traveling. So what happened is, I got offered to go work for, uh, this is in 2004, I got offered to work for the Wentworth Courier. Um, and Vogue in Sydney, FPC. Took this job, it was pretty exciting. There was not much traveling, five minutes from the house. My wife said, fantastic, excellent. You're not gonna be traveling, it's gonna help with baby stuff. I took the job, I went to the interview, sat down there, the interview was pretty good too. The boss had all these girls from Vogue walking up and down, I'm sure he did it on purpose, you know, there. I thought, yeah, okay, we'll take the job. 2004 was one of the best years of my life. Great new job, I loved real estate marketing. It was exciting, it was close to home. My boss gave me an incredible bonus in June that year. I invested it well, fantastic. 2005 was even a better year, super year. Because I had restructured my team, I had a, a great people working for me. And then in uh, 2006, I started the year, it was gonna be the best year of my life. 2006. Because what happened is in 2006, all I had to do was rock up to work, not do anything silly, and in June that year, I was going to get another 
Huge bonus, huge bonus, 18% over budget. All I had to do was rock up. Had, it was fantastic. And then in March, it all turned to shit. So very quickly, unexpectedly, I got diagnosed with lymphatic cancer. Um, we thought it was going to be easy to handle, but it wasn't because there's a couple of different kinds that you can get. I got the bad one, went on to chemo, radiation, never worked. So there I was. At age 37, you never expect it's going to happen to you. And when bad things happen, they happen in an instant. So the next year is a bit of a blur, chemo, radiation, I got accepted on a clinical trial from a uh, uh, medication from a company called Roche Pharmaceutical, and that drug, Tuximab, started to work on me straight away. I was told I was gonna probably get a relapse in 2007 because it had gone into my lymphatic system and it spread. No relapse happened. In 2008, they were told me again, expect to get a relapse. It never happened. In 2009, my doctor said, I'm getting more positive and more positive. He said, mate, you haven't had a relapse it's looking good. We're taking you off rituximab because we can't just keep you on this drug. Got off the drug. 2010, it never came. In 2011, we met with my doctor, Dr. Larson, and he said, Tom, if we get through this year, I'm actually going to say, that's it. No more scans. In October last year, we had no cancer. So it's now October 2012, so it's been um, six years since the whole cancer thing. And one of the things I've learned is this, some of the best gifts come badly wrapped. This is what the cancer looked like. And the reason I share this story with you is that I learned a few things. I learned a lot of things at uni, I learned a lot of things at seminars, but I tell you what, I learn a lot in the ordeal. This is what I learn. I learn right now that Steve Jobs would do anything to swap spots with me and you in an instant. I learn right now that the reality is that you need to have an attitude of gratitude because right now there are 7 billion people on this planet, yet 6 billion people would swap spots with me and you in an instant. But we take that for granted every morning that we wake up. I also learnt that the tomorrows are running out. I thought that tomorrows were endless. But in reality, time is a non-renewable resource that's running out. I'm at the afternoon of my life. And many of you at the afternoon at your life. Some of you are at your first part of your life. But the reason I tell you this is I urge you 100% to make the decision that... Instead of bringing the version of yourself that you bring to life at the moment, for, for some reason people hang back and they bring version 3 or 4 out of 10 to life and business. The truth of the matter is that the days are running out. I'm counting mine down. I've got 14,700 left. They're important because time is a non-renewable resource. And I've got to tell you, that today can be the day. Today can be the day. Some of you in here can be the day that you're going to drop the past. You're going to say, that's it. That was my first life. You're going to cut your bullshit story and you're going to unlearn those lies that have become your reality and you have a golden opportunity to design your life and start again. 
Because the day I walked out of my doctor's surgery, I bought myself a journal and I went straight to Sydney University Library and I sat down and I rewrote my agreement with reality. And tomorrow or tonight, you have an opportunity to start afresh, to design your life, to have a life by design, not a life by accident. And as I finish here today, I'd like to let you know there are 7 billion people on this planet, but there's only one you. So let go of who you think you should be and start being who you really are. Thank you.